Welcome everyone to another episode of Tales from the Spinner Rack, your weekly comic book review podcast. My name is Matt and I am the host of the Absolute Geek Podcast. Uh, um, uh, my name is Corbin. I'm also an Absolute Geek Podcast, friend of Matt's, friend of uh, our friend Jay, all around good guy. Thanks, man. And uh, I'm Jay, and I do a podcast called Audio Ammunition, as well as this one. He's also known as Not Moist. Mm. Moist, can we comment on why that's the name? I wanted to ask that earlier. <laughs> the, crowd, but... the crowd loves the name. The okay. crowd loves the name Not Moist. Okay. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back to another issue of uh, Tales from the Spinner Rack. We got some great books for you this week, I think, at least in my personal opinion. Um, why don't we start off this week with a, a book we kind of all uh, we've kind of all read, and a book that I I looked at as my pick of the week. Uh, let's start with the uh, X Factor number two. Oh wow! Did not get that one. Okay, let's hear it. You didn't read X Factor? Or sorry, X no. number two. I did it again. I'm starting to think I don't have them on my pull list. I'm not really sure why, but I just pick up my, my books and go, and that was not one that was there. So I'm excited to... I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming, but I'm excited to um, hear about this book. Let's get into it. All right. Well, not moist. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about X-Force number two. Uh, how good has right. this book been? Man, the first two issues... And it's been the the pivotal book, I think, to the the current X Men relaunch. Um, this book answers the questions of of what happened to Xavier and where do they go from here. Um, I thought it was kind of a good it was a good story. You got to see a little bit of a team up between Wolverine and Kid Omega. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it uh, to see what yeah. where they go with. Um, Charles Xavier from here. What what were your thoughts on the book? Um, it was pretty good. The first one was like a, like true X Force fashion. It was just like a lot of it, just like pretty rock and roll. You know, it was it the pace was quick. That it was you know a lot of action and. Um, it was just pretty much like right to the point. There wasn't a whole lot of um, atmosphere building. A, a lot. Of, it was just you know go go, and it was hard hitting. Um, and it number two continues with that, like like you were saying, um, Kid Omega and Wolverine team up. Um, gosh, I'd be lying if I remembered. Okay, so they. Why were they go? Where were they going anyway? So, <laughs> they were wow, I'm glad I'm glad someone read the comic. I read it like a, it's like a while ago, so I'm you know I'm looking at this and I'm like, so they were they ended up in in like a lab with the Reavers. 
So essentially what they're doing is they're trying to bring back Xavier and they've they've Wolverine has killed or Wolverine basically yeah, I would say killed for a, a lack of better terms, killed the assassins that have come in and uh attacked and killed irresponsible for Xavier's death. So he takes off to go hunt them down and to find out where they came from and Kid Omega ends up following him. And they join him they join up together and they come on this lab where they're basically creating people um out of computer parts. So like where your ear would be, it would it was a, just a spool of wire. So they're coming like, in there. Like yeah, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say right, right, but they were like enhanced people. Like right. So there. so basically the, the people got in to kill got into Krakoa to kill Xavier because it, Krakoa thought that the people coming in was Domino. So they they registered as Domino. They had announced her as Domino coming in. They came in and killed Xavier. So you come to find out that it was not Domino at the end of it. And their whole mission is, is Gene is trying to re... Magneto goes to Gene and says, look, Xavier is dead. We need to get him back. We need to recreate him. And by doing that, we need to get Cerebro online. And what we find out is that at different points under under Krakoa, Xavier has stashed different versions of Cerebro to bring himself back if anything were to happen to him. So they're trying to bring Cerebro back online while Kid Omega and Wolverine are hunting these guys. And they come to this lab and they start this fight with all these lab-created people. That's where uh, Kid Omega discovers in a tube is a what I'm assuming looks to be a dead domino and she's got pieces of her skin torn off and she's kind of like torn apart they're using pieces of domino to to make these clones or robot or androids if you want to call them that uh, so that they can pass through into Krakoa as Krakoa will register them as mutants right right so okay so yeah it's, it's coming back to me now sorry so yeah um and that was too, is that too, too late? <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, oh, Kid Omega man. comes across um, Domino. I don't think she's dead. I think they just kind of have her um, I mean, mostly she looks, dead. She looks pretty dead in that too, man. <laughs> yeah, um, but she can't be dead. Come on. that's like You her, can't kill her off. Um, her but yeah. Ripped but, off, her skin's missing. Basically, the skin off like half of her body is missing. Yeah, where they're like little, grafting it. Little picture of it there. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty rough. But I like to think she's just in like a catatonic state while they're doing this. I, so yeah, they they find out that these dudes killed um, Xavier. They've got one of them left alive. So like I said, Wolverine and Kid Omega are hunting them. It ends off on that cliffhanger where they find Domino in the um in the tube look story solid this is this could almost be i i almost wonder why they're not telling this story in the main pages of x-men why is this story being told in x-force versus the main pages of x-men um look the art in this book is absolutely fantastic as uh, yet again yeah two issues in the art is absolutely fantastic the writing is fantastic. The story is really good. Um, it's interesting to see where it goes from here. And it's interesting 
what I love is how all these these books. It seems like the main books. So, X Men, X Force. Um, the only two books that don't seem to be connecting to this overall story arc is uh, New Mutants and Fallen Angels. Yeah, they seem to have their own agendas moving forward. But like I said, the art in this book is absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, I gave this I gave this a four point five out of five. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, Dark I agree. Um, it's just really awesome because, like I was saying, you know, f- even before the reboot, X Force were like the con- were the team that that did like the dirty work. They were the team that did that went kind of behind the scenes and did what had to be done out of the public eye they were like the enforcers so the book was you uh, traditionally i mean it was kind of it was more action-packed you know than than the other books and i think that i like how it's keeping that um that atmosphere with this new one it, it totally is i mean there's you know a part there's some panels where wolverine is just cutting into some of those cybernetic dudes and it's it's like a it's a slaughter i mean he's just going at it relentlessly um and it's it's pretty cool i mean like matt was saying the artwork is stellar so i i would give it i would give it a 4.5 too now that my memory is is coming back to me (laughs) it's it's interesting to see that that cocky dynamic of kid omega with kind of with wolverine too and oh i love yeah I love it when, because when they entered that lab, they had like a, a dampener that that um, wouldn't allow mutants to use their powers. And since Wolverine's claws don't really, you know, have, you know, they don't really. That's not need a new ability, yeah. Right. So he just he still had his, and Kid Omega was powerless. So he was like running around, you know, kind of <laughs> frightened. So- so yeah, X Force number two, four point five out of five. All right. <laughs> just for that, just for that was my little yes. Yeah, there you go. Don't worry, I'm not gonna overuse the the sound effects. I just already have, already have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's move on to real quick. Uh, I want to talk about a book. That came out a few weeks ago, but it actually came out as a second printing on Wednesday. I didn't realize that until I picked it up and started looking into it. Um, I actually really enjoyed it, and I will probably get issue two. And that was Folklords hmm. from Boom Studios. What's um, the creative team? Um, Matt Kent, Matt Smith, and Chris O'Holloran. Okay. Solid. Um, it's very oh, a, um, it's very, it's like told through a story, like a, a fairy tale. So uh, it takes place in almost like a fairy tale land. Um, this boy is having dreams of the real world. So on his, um, they come a time every year where when a kid hits a certain age, they go on a quest. And so they get to declare the quest they want to take and they go on said quest. So all the kids get together and they start declaring their quests and um, the main character wants to go on a quest to find 
the folklords as he's having vivid dreams of the real world. So he even kind of, where everyone else is kind of like in that D&D-esque garb, um, he's wearing a suit and tie because he's having these vivid dreams of the real world. So his his quest is to find the folklords to, to help them, or for them to help him achieve his goal of making it to the real world. And uh, so they're all standing up there and they're, you know, people are declaring their quests and one of the kids in front of him declares that he's going to go find the folklords as well. And then they have this, um, they have like this underground society um, that won't allow him to, allow them to go look for the folklords. So they kind of come in and they, they take the kid and, and shut down the town and Basically, then they're like, well, we're going to hand you out quests in the village now. No one can leave the village. And so they gave him, like, stupid quests after that. And he had to go chase off some river troll. And uh, instead, he was like, no, forget that. I'm going to go on my original quest. I'm going to go find these folklores. So him and the, the other kid that said that he wanted to find the folklores kind of sneak out of the village. And they begin their quest uh, to go find the folklores. And... It's a real interesting book. It's definitely a, a um, fairy tale meets kind of like D and D type adventure book. It's it's a lot of fun. I would definitely check it out. I'm I'm looking forward to issue two. Cool. Can't go wrong with that. What's the what's the um, rating? Uh, I'm gonna give it a three five out of five. Okay, you like your point fives. Yeah, you know, I, I just think, <laughs> I think, I think, you know, given the straight scores like six point oh, that's just amateur hour. Oh wow, you got the dun dun, dun for that. <laughs> there you go, amateur you hour. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, I guess I'll uh, throw a book I've read. It is Batman Beyond number thirty eight. I bought Pretty that sick book too, just because of the cover. sick ass cover. I was that's exactly what it was—a sick cover. And you know what? If you if you read the book, it's not a bad book either. Um, written by Dan Jurgens with art by what I call the Sean team, uh, Sean Chen and Sean Parsons, um, who team up there on on pencil and ink. Um, it's pretty good. Basically, um, Batman Beyond is really Batwoman. Terry's disappeared. As we read, he's actually still around, but he's lost his memory. And it's kind of trying to find who he is and why does he know certain things and, and that sort of identity crisis, whatnot. Um, okay, and, and, and losing this, your memory in the in the Batman books lately. You got Rick Grayson and now Terry McGinnis. Like, what, yep. what's up with that, that memory loss? I though? think it's convenient plot points. I really do. Because he ends up befriending a former lover slash partner of Derek Powers, who we all know as Blight in the Batman Beyond Animated series and in the book. And... They're just, she's just kind of explaining her story to him. And that's really as far as it gets on Terry's um, storyline here in this book. It's really about the mysterious Batwoman who has the, the suit and cowl of Batman Beyond, who nobody knows. They were thinking it was Barbara Gordon. They were thinking it was um, Ten from the, original, um, from the original Batman Beyond animated series, Melanie Walker. And all of those leads came up empty. And so we still know who this Batwoman is who's wearing the Batman Beyond costume. Oh, really? I thought they, it I thought they uh, not to interrupt you, but I thought they already came out and kind of revealed that it's it's his and Catwoman's daughter. 
Not that I've known, no. Oh, At least I not I've, read that I've only read the last three issues. So I've, I've only been on since 35, and it's not been up. Unless it was a website or something, no. I thought, they really, would, I thought that was in uh, her first appearance. No, I feel like I read her first appearance. I wasn't told, but I mean... I feel like... Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I read that somewhere. I can't remember. Give Give yourself a boo for that. No. Give yourself a boo for no. inconclusive evidence. But anyway, listen, if, listen, if we not, don't call okay. out the sound effects, all right? Okay, they, okay. They happen okay. naturally. We don't just they, call they only... for them. <laughs> okay, right. that's fine. Well, any, in any event, <laughs> to continue the book plot moving along, Light was long thought dead. He is not. As a new suit looked really cool. Really liked the artwork done on him, especially um, by uh, Mr. Sean Chen. Um, to really bring that to life. And he's roaring for revenge. He wants to kill Bruce. What else is new? At the end of this book, it turns out that there's like a break-in. You know, Blight is, is back and he's causing some destruction. Um, Batwoman is on the case trying to figure out who it is. And all of a sudden, she's basically beaten from behind by Blight, who basically says, some say Batman is dead, that you're a stand-in. That's a bad career choice. A choice so bad that it'll be the death of you. And this is really cool closing image of blight in this new suit holding batwoman and and that's where it kind of closes the end of the book i would give this a four to five really solid i mean it just kind of keeps the story moving along Rookie nothing score. really too much to add Rookie there Rookie however the artwork score. is four to five thank you thank you rookie score though it's good. I, I've always, I mean, Dan Jurgens, I've always been a fan of Dan Jurgens. Um, great writing here. The artwork's amazing. Really pushed it to another level for me. I love the rendering of the Batman Beyond's costume. I love the way Blight looks. I like the character um, specification in terms of emotions and and really bringing that to life. It's a good book for me. It, it, it kind of plays into the normal storyline that this book is going without giving anything too crazy, without feeling like a fill-in. Really solid book. I don't think it's a waste of $3.99 for it. Ooh, not a waste of three ninety nine. I like that. That should be the score. It's just not a waste of three ninety nine. Ain't no waste of three ninety nine. Anyway, what do you got for us this week, Jay? Um, so a book, another book I I picked up uh, is uh, John Constantine Hellblazer, and they made this new book of his which uh is an ongoing into part of the sandman universe and so i okay so i'm gonna go i'm gonna say this and like then neil, neil gaiman yeah, sandman yeah and oh, if you wow. guys want to throw garbage at me it's fine no. <laughs> i've never really understood the big deal that people make about sandman uh, it never really grabbed me as much as it seems to most people. It, yeah. Never grabbed you, huh? No. Oh, my God. It just doesn't. I wish it would, but it doesn't. So when I saw that, and I'm, again, I'm not too, I mean, I don't know if, if I know Constantine was created by Alan Moore. So I don't know if he was originally from that, um, whole universe, but I'm used to him just being in the mainstream DC universe. And the last run of Blazer that came out with the uh, Rebirth, I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, I thought it was a little bit too mainstream. And I was always wanting 
like uh, I always thought Con- the Constantine books were the or especially the like the earlier ones were very dark and very noir, and that's what I was expecting. And luckily, this new one, written by Simon Spurrier, art by Aaron Campbell, and uh, colors by Jordi Belair, the great Jordi Belair. This book was what I have been looking for, a John Constantine book. So there's a lot of um, kind of like character building in a sense in this book. It starts out with John Constantine staggering, getting actually he got thrown out of this pub, and he's like trying to and the, trying to pick up this bouncer and and kind of and then he's kind of stumbling down this this alleyway where he gets uh, he gets hit upside the head and he wakes up with these like these like demonic gangster guys um, hideout and so basically what they, they want were they what? just like ghosts dressed like blood and crips <laughs> no they were like you can tell they were like demon worshippers like he woke up and the dude had like like a painted face and he had like dead skinned animals all like hung from the roof and stuff and they basically uh i'm not gonna i don't want to reveal too much but they blackmailed him into helping them with something so it appears that at one of the main uh parks in the city where this gang does a lot of their transactions somebody put a, a curse of some sort where any kind of wrongdoing, <laughs> any kind of wrongdoing that's going on in the park, these like demons will come out of the trees and like, yeah, that's distracting. I'm not, I'm, I'm with Jordan now. <laughs> Jay's like, Jay's like, okay, I've had enough now. Off. And so yeah, so these these demons come out from the trees and they basically like. In the, Every time the, you the, say demon, it's going down. Don't say demon again, Jay. I get it. They come out the trees. They've come out the trees. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll stop. Yeah. I so, so yeah. These. They, so obviously, the, the gang doesn't like this, and they try to they try to uh, get Constantine to get rid of them, and that's kind of where the book ended, where Constantine witnessed how horrific this actually is, more than what they let on. And so he's kind of like, uh, I have no idea how I'm going to get rid of this. And more so, he, I don't think he's sh- sure he wants to because it's like, you know, why would you do this? It's, it's helping. It's kind of helping the, the, the city, the community by doing this to these quote unquote bad people. So, yeah, like I said, very dark art is is so... It's very chaotic, a lot of lines, a lot of, um, you know, low light. Um, the palette is the, the, that is, is a lot of dark, you know, dark purples, dark browns, muted oranges. Um, but it's it's great. It's fantastic. It's it's very mood, and the story is very engaging. The the it, it's a good pace. So I I give this John Constantine number one. I give it four point five out of five. Ooh. 
Very good. I know uh, Michael Stout in the chat says, I love the old Hellblazer books. I haven't picked up this one yet, but I was hoping it was good. So there you it's go. Pretty good. It, it's totally, re, it's like a return to, to form. So. 4.5 out of 5 for uh, John Constantine Hellblazer. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, my familiarity with Constantine is is very small. Like, I know him a lot from his time with Justice League Dark, but most of it yeah. is like Swamp Thing, early Swamp Thing stuff. Right. So, that's good. 4.5 out of 5, though. See, that's that's a good score. That's not a, it's not like, you know, an amateur score. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. Got to give that solid, that solid score. That's a solid four for me, dog. <laughs> solid four. Let's uh, move on here to my next book of the week. I got Venom 20. I decided to pick up the old 2099 variant cover. Ooh, I like it. Um, Venom Who's the artwork by? Uh, you're going to make me open the book, huh? Yeah, sorry. I'm big on the creative teams. That's not... It's That's fine. You know. I just... <laughs> I do what I can. I just didn't want to finger up my book again. Just don't, don't say that. One raid through. <laughs> don't say this <laughs> again. Not, yeah, man. Not, not, I, I get lonely nights. But a no. writer, a bon Kello. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. I'm sorry for asking. And Z Carlos are the artists. Um. So yeah, I uh, like it's it. A good book, of course. Picks up at the end of. Absolute Carnage. It shows the futuristic Reed Richards, the seer. They, what do they call him? The seer? Mm-hmm. I think the seer, the futuristic Reed Richards, um, scrambling away in the the sewer. If you if you read the, the Carnage series, you saw that he got taken over by a symbiote and then uh, kind of got his butt kicked and scurried away. So it, it takes over him and he's he's talking to someone and he's discussing um, kind of what happened and his his plans moving forward with someone and you find out at the end of the book it it comes down to he's talking to the council of reeds the different reed richards and they kind of he kind of starts to make the realization that the symbiotes reproduce when they need to when moments of of fear like there's a big event about to happen where they're going to be like outnumbered or cornered so they reproduce like carnage was reproduced when thanos was about to come to the planet and kind of and it goes through like when all of these other these other symbiotes were produced produced and like sleeper the youngest one was produced when cassidy was brought back to life and so they they kind of pinpoint down that the symbiote reproduces when there's there's trouble coming and it hmm. you kind of see eddie and his son uh, reconciling and and you know Eddie saying look I'm your dad I was trying to keep you safe no more lies moving forward let's turn the page and you get an interesting shot of his son is kind of like yeah no more secrets and it cuts to a panel of him like blowing up the symbiote where he you know like he did to in the in the carnage storyline and he yeah. just he's just like yeah dad no more secrets and him and Eddie kind of walk off at the end. So Venom has, has now saved the day and Reed Richards, the seer is kind of like, look, you know, the, the strange thing about Eddie's son is it's almost like Eddie's son is inhabiting instead of the, the symbiote inhabiting, um, 
are hosting from the body. It's almost like Eddie's son is hosting from a symbiote. So that's kind of why he they're saying he's get that he's got that power of um to destroy other symbiotes. So basically what he's Reed Richards' whole plan was with the codex when he was trying to take it from people is he has a piece of symbiote from the ultimate universe where he's from and he's trying to get, he was trying to get that codex to to like jumpstart this symbiote to open a portal to try and bring back the ultimate universe. So there is talk that the ultimate universe is coming back through Marvel Comics and it sounds like this is the way they're going to jumpstart that happening is with Reed Richards um or the seer Reed Richards, the evil Reed Richards kind of looking to use the Venom symbiote to do that and he gets the approval from the Council of Reeds to continue on with his research. So, um, I mean, it was kind of a... I give it a 3... 3.5 out of 5 just because it was... It was kind of slow. There was a lot of good information in it, but it wasn't... I mean, it, it felt kind of like last week's issue where it could have all been incorporated in that and they didn't need to have a, a single issue dedicated to these events. Like, this is all realizations that could have come out as part of last week's issue um, as part of the final to Absolute Carnage they didn't have to to make another dedicate a single issue of Venom to that um, I think I think 3-5 out of 5 is a, is a fair score interesting well about being fair here so I'm okay with that so what other, uh, any other lovely books you guys got this week? Um, I can hit the one I had. Um, Detective Comics 1016. Basically, Who's it's... the creative the- team? <laughs> I'm actually glad you asked that. <laughs> because it's, it's Peter J. Tomas- Tomasi with Doug Mankey and Tyler Kirkman. Got the creative team on lock when on my books. But no, um, I actually especially like this because I liked Tomasi's run of detective and between Mankey and Kirkman has been very beautifully rendered illustrations in this book. But to continue the storyline, which is rather lackluster in my opinion, is the continuation of the, you know, Mr. Freeze, Nora Freeze, Batman um, story where Mr. Freeze had made a deal with Lex Luthor, was able to bring Nora back. Uh, she had to operate under the same sub-zero temperatures that, um, Victor had, but she she pretty much um, commented herself pretty well. She was fine. However, she's had this lust for violence, and in a way that is outside of any that Victor's ever had, his turn to crime was really a means to an end in order to free Nora. Where Nora's turn to crime is because she likes doing crime. Uh, Victor goes to her and is basically like, you need to stop. This is what we're looking for. We're just trying to have enough money to move out and, you know, live our lives out in some beautiful island. And she's like, well, first of all, you don't get to dictate what I do. Like, this may be something that you're used to doing, but not for me. I'm a free person. She incap- in- incapacitates Victor and escapes. Victor realizes, oh my god, what I've unleashed onto the world. He goes to the only person he knows who can help him, Batman. Basically, says, listen, we have to stop her together. She's come changed. Something that um, Lex Luthor must have given me in the, um, I forgot the exact word, but basically the, the formula that, that restored her must have made her go a little cuckoo. We're going to have to figure this out. 
<laughs> whatever it takes. Batman's like, okay, well, listen, like we're doing it my way, the right way. Victor's like, yes, yes, whatever you say, well, let's get it done. This is important. I still love her. We have to make her know that the way she's going is wrong. And mind you, it is because Nora seems to be just bad crazy. Um, no pun intended, but she's insane. She's come on, where's the sound effects? I know, I didn't get the denunta. Yeah, no, she's corny as I don't know what. She basically goes to um, where she was buried and makes like a memorial to Victor, who's not dead, but to symbolize that Victor is dead to her so that Victor can come back and see it, which is just ridiculous to me, anyways. Batman and Mr. Freeze are still trying to find her, which they do. Batman has a super cool, like, like pyro kind of suit um, that's, like, yeah. red and black, and it's a really sick design. I'm going to try to find a page that has enough of the spread that I could show it. Really, the last book was probably better for that. But they find Nora, who is just freezing people, knocking them to the ground so they break, and then stacking their bodies up in a weird piece of artwork formed to her, which is just crazy. They both fight her. They kind of get her on the ropes, and then Batman wraps Nora up in this um, geostatic thermal line, which is not burning her, but basically raising her core temperature until she passes out. A way to kind of get her under control. But Nora's like, Victor, she's hurting me. She's hurting me. And, you know, Victor's like, yes, I have to do something. So he takes Batman out in order to free uh, Nora. And Nora turns on him and just basically injects him with a serum that she had all along that basically will, um, it, it's one of his special syringes that makes it too hot for him to breathe and has to basically put him in sub-zero temperatures in order to survive. Basically, in order to continue to survive, Victor now has to become what Nora Freeze was. And it kind of closes with that. Batman's out of commission, Nora escapes, and Victor has to be in Arkham Asylum at a chronic sub-level B, um, situation where he's so frozen he's basically just like Nora was so that he can continue living and it closes with Nora escaping until who knows when she'll return and Batman looking at Victor who can't say or do anything and basically saying a vicious circle isn't it Victor here you stand in the same situation Nora was in frozen time and life speeding past your stasis chamber a steep price to pay because she had one important thing you haven't got something to love you and it's froze that's how he ends up um, and, and you know what? Pretty good read. I think it closed out this free storyline, which is fine with me because it was rather underwhelming in my opinion. She gets away having shown nothing, proven nothing, uh, didn't really do anything. It was really just playing upon Mr. Freeze's um, love that was over-controlling and was ultimately to his own detriment. Batman just ended up being there, you know, waving his fire guns around and hope ultimately not doing anything of consequence as Nora escapes and plots her revenge. The story didn't really move the media too much for me. I'm glad it's over, I guess. I like Peter J. Tomasi's run, and I don't hate the way he wrote the story. I just don't like the story. So for that, I'll give it a two and a half out of five. Oh. It was average. It was it was oh. average. It wasn't See, great. I, the the writing was was decent. The 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 illustrations were amazing. I enjoyed it. But then again, I'm I'm reading. I'm like, what am I reading? I mean, yeah, I guess it moved the plot along in the sense that, unless I'm mistaken, this closes out that freeze Batman storyline. But it wasn't much of a storyline, and I'm kind of grading it off of those books as well because you are taking this and and wrapping it up on a bow and kind of setting it to the next story. And I felt like, okay. I don't know. It was like a, we will meet again. And Mr. Freeze is out for 
for forever for who knows how long he's Nora. so does Nora have to come back and free him is that how that'll work it's too many questions left at the end of that that i can't <laughs> give it a great score but i did enjoy reading it i just when i was done it was like eating chips like oh they're good while i had them and then i was like well, i'm not full and what did i do empty calories oh like pringles you were like eating like pringles right yeah, you, you can't get said it. Oh. no joke. man See, terrible i love calorie joke yeah okay okay i loved that storyline i thought at least <laughs> i thought Nora freeze was awesome like i just i think well, she what's looked her, what's her motivation her it motivation sounds, it sounds almost like it would have been a better storyline if it was more than just two issues it, no yeah. it was more than two issues no, three three to four three but Nora was really only around the last two no, Nora was around the last three. They brought her back, and that was Victor showing her the life and how to accommodate to living in her environment, yada, yada. Second one was Victor and being worried about Nora and Nora, you know, kind of going crazy, doing her own thing, leaving Victor in the dust and saying, oh, we have big plans, we have big plans. And then this is the episode where they basically do the exact same thing over, and Nora escapes and goes, oh, we have big plans, we have big plans, and I haven't seen anything. I don't know why she's doing it. Nothing was resolved except that Nora's a bad person now. And that to me is, it's not great. You know what I mean? Like no motivation except, well, I'm a bad guy. There was some subplot there as far as Nora trying to tell Freeze, listen, you're not going to treat me like I'm a doll. I'm a person who has feelings and needs and motivations as well. And I'm not just some caretaker, but it wasn't fully explored in my opinion. She has said that two or three lines to that effect. That was but a motivation. To, to right out there. against random people. I mean, he was, she was literally freezing cops breaking them and then stacking them up all to lash out of victor who she also went out of her way to make a tomb for like a memorial and then no it's overkill in my opinion but i you know what i mean i guess i'm i might be losing a point there i feel like no i feel like breaking off cops and stacking them up sounds pretty dope in my opinion but that's kind of grotesque and extreme for me as far as like a turn for her you know what i mean like i guess you're i get what you're saying jay in the sense that like nor didn't have this before the storyline this kind of motivation this type of character um this wasn't it's her serum. it's luther's it's, serum yes okay but like even with it i can see if it was like oh i'm crazy and i'm acting in ways that it's not like me we're, we're led to believe that this is who nora is but we haven't been given any kind of background to it like victor's like whoa this isn't the woman i remember so the right. serum just made her go crazy but yet not crazy enough that she understands the nuance of her relationship with victor before she was frozen but yet i'm gonna also be homicidal and Unhinged. I think she, she, I, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, the whole thing, I feel she just wants to get out from under his shadow and she doesn't want the life that, that he wants for her. You know, it's, she's like, well, well, okay, now you brought me to life, but now you've laid out the rest of my life for me. She's like, I don't want that. And that coupled with the serum making her more prone to violence just, makes her lash out and do un- crazy unstable things. I thought it was a cool setup because that's basically all it was. It was a setting up her thing. It's like the whole story ended with her sitting in a cabin in Canada, kind of mm-hmm. like plotting her next move. But I thought it was a, a pretty cool turn of events. You know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe you saw it coming, but you know, that last page when, when that you showed where um, he was, where, where, he was sitting, you know, comatose, you know, basically how she was like the nice, you know, kind of turn of events. It, it shocked me. I was like, wow, that's cool. That's awesome. But 
I don't know. Maybe, no, I, I like I like having that balance. I'm glad that you do like it and kind of have that contrast there because I might be a little overly negative and need a little tempering to kind of get it there. I enjoyed like I can't believe I'm being so negative for a book that I actually didn't mind reading. You know, what I mean, it wasn't a bad book. It just wasn't what I was hoping the payoff would be. I guess. Uh, but I see, see what I you're saying, and that's a great point. I wasn't expecting any. I didn't know what was going on. I was just reading. You know, I was kind of following along with wherever they took me. I didn't have anything that I was kind of looking for or anything. I was just kind of going along, and the whole thing took you know threw me for a loop. I was I was pretty pleasantly surprised. But totally get that. Hey, that's fair. I mean, I mean, listen, it, it did its job that it got some well-nuanced kind of point of views. And we're kind of like pointing about the same thing in the sense that the very same things I'm not liking, like, hey, it's a different side. We didn't have this background before. It's nice. I'm glad. I mean, again, I liked the book. It's just so weird that I have such a um, conflicted response about it. But yeah, um, Tomasi's been done great on Detective. And I've really liked Doug Mankey's work. I really have on this. Kyle says, Jay got the shocker, question mark. Can I get a? Uh, I'm lost. <laughs> I don't know. I think, right, be, get... I think it might be behind on the, the live. Uh, oh, okay. You can play him out. No, I'm playing. <laughs> play him out. Love it, guy. Uh, all right. What's another book we all have together? Uh, let's see. How about Fallen Angels? Either of you read Fallen Angels? I did. Corbin. I've been I've been I've been suffering on my X books, y'all. I've been suffering the X books. I took all the Batman titles and exchanged all the X titles, thinking I could make up some later. So I'll own some of that. And the ones I did pick up I didn't like. So I'll own some of that. But um no, no, if you if you want all Batman, I'm there. If not, I am ready and willing to learn. What did you think of uh Fallen Angels number two, Jay? Um I thought it was just a pretty cool continuation from uh from last week's or from last uh from number one um again the art was stellar very in you know it's very eye-popping um you know um i i don't know man i dug it i dug it a lot i think the art on this book is more interesting than the actual story that's being told it's very shadowy, yes. you know? It's got a very dark and ominous feel. Kyle gets to say that. Um, but yeah, it is very shadowy. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's an interesting team-up when you got Psylocke, X-23, and Cable. Um, I don't know, this... I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this book. Like, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words on it. Where, I mean, it, it's kind of just more of, of Psylocke on her on her mission. They go to, to Sinister. They're talking to Sinister. Um, to She kind of talks about the butterfly. The, the, she talks to Sinister a little bit about the butterfly emblem or symbol that she makes and kind of like what the butterfly represents to her versus Betty Bardock. Or Braddock. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't really know how to to describe what's going on in this book because it, it, there's not a lot going on in it. Like you see just kind of her 
kind of dealing with the struggle of her identity of becoming Psylocke again and obtaining her body back. And and at the end of it, her Cable and X-23 are kind of going off on a quest where they're confronted by a giant robot and then it ends. Like, So, yeah, so for last issue, um, Psylocke has a vision of this of this enemy that that she that they need to go defeat she doesn't know much else and so that's when she kind of goes to to sinister and magneto and says hey i i need to get off this island to do this and they all just kind of went well uh you know we'll we'll turn away you do whatever you're going to do if this is going to help us you do what you need to do and we won't stop you um but we it's like basically they're like plausible deniability you know and uh and so she goes to recruit cable and cable a young cable um says hey before i go with you i need to do something too i got word that mutants are are being tortured or being held prisoner at this camp and that's that's the end that Matt's talking about they all train you know they all get to this base where mutants supposedly are being held uh, according to cable's source and the very end is yeah they're they're surprised by this you know huge sentinel looking thing um but yeah that that's i mean it, it sounds i guess we're not describing it our description no, isn't yeah. giving I was just about to say, I don't think we're doing it justice with the description of it. I mean, I'm going to give it a 3-5. I think um, it's it's a lot of, of her, but it, it is a lot of her struggling with her separation anxiety almost between her and, and Betsy. Because she says, like, Betsy was the hero, I was the shell. I feel like Destiny put us together for a reason, but... I hate that we had something in common. I hate that we were connected. I hate that people look at us like that. And she, she kind of goes to cable, you know, and, and he, she's like, take me to your hell, take me to your personal hell. And, and, you know, X 23 is like, I could teach you. Um, I could teach you about war and cables. Like I could teach you about rage. And it's, it's just interesting to see, um, and she's like, goodness, I'll have to learn from both of you. But it's it's just, I don't know. I don't know where this book is going. And it's kind of hard. I think it's hard to review because it's hard to kind of pinpoint it. Uh, what's actually going like on in the book. Saying, yeah, like you were saying, it's a lot of first-person narrative inside Psylocke's head. Right. Um, you know, you're, and again, you know, you're getting a lot of character building on her part you know she there's a part where she interacts with dazzler um it's just you're kind of getting to know where psylocke is after that separation and um so that's what i think a lot of that book is is just kind of her in her own mind um so but they're going you know, on this mission. It's definitely, I mean, what's the interesting that? thing is they're going on this mission and they don't really have they're like, we'll save who we can, we'll leave who we can't. Like it's it's not like they're looking to be heroes. So it, it it's yeah. they're just misfits, it, it looks like. And it's I don't know, like I said, 
where all the other X books kind of fell in line after X Factor, this between this book and New Mutants, they're they're kind of on their own path and own storyline. And this one, it's almost hard to follow what what we're what's going on in this story, Just like because of what you said, like it's a lot of internal monologue and with with Psylocke and the only time she really it's really external is when she's con or you know coercing or communicating with like X-23 or K Young Cable or Mr. Sinister or, or what have you like it's it's a lot of just internal and I think a lot of it is is memories from that she's had from before she, her and Betsy were joined together and now she's just trying to kind of find her, herself again which is or like I said before that that identity crisis mm -hmm. I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said they're they're all misfits there's this really awesome page uh where cable is just kind of sitting there glum and behind him there's this like raging party. Uh, bonfire party yeah and and Psylocke comes up to him and, and she says clearly you hate this but you keep putting yourself next to it and and cable says I'm waiting to feel what they feel. Thought this might click. Um, I, I don't know. For some reason, that that, that really stood out. To it's me poignant. Because, the way you the way you delivered it sounded poignant. Because I mean, I I don't know. I've felt that way a lot. You know, where you're like, man, I wish I got it. I wish I got what these people got because maybe my life would be happier if I got this. If it makes sense. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. That makes sense. I get that. So yeah, it, it's very well written. Um, this, this whole this book's very well, very well written. A lot of really awesome dialogue like that that kind of hits home. I think I'm just too stupid so, to figure it out. You know, Matt, I didn't say it. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I'm just too stupid to figure it out. Um, no, it, it'll. I mean, you'll get there, but it is. It's very. It is heavy. It's not like X Force where it's just a lot of. You know, rock'em sock'em. It's kind of a heavier book, a um, lot of to, to chew on. But you know, do you like those? I mean, I'm like, okay. For example, I, I like a heavy book as much as the next person. But when I'm reading my comics, it really depends. I'll be suckered into heavy material. You know what I mean? Where I have to read it, read it again. It, it better be that. It better be worth the deepness. Like if it's deep just for the sake of being deep, you can miss me with it. But if it's something that you read it once, it's like, whoa. Let me give it another reading, and it gets a whole new meaning. Then I'm with that. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I think when with books like this, it I think it's a more of a personal thing where if it speaks to you, then it then it's worth going back to. And if it doesn't, then it's not worth it. Because I mean, after all, it's a comic. You know, it's not Tolstoy. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I think Jay. I think Jay had the most insightful comment of the night when he's talking about. The loner and, and Kid Cable feeling like an outsider. I think, I think you got to give it up for Jay on that one. Okay, give it up. Give it up for Jay, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Not Moist. Yeah, no, I hate that nickname. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so what do you what do you think? Fallen Angels number two. I I'm gonna give it a three point five. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna give it a four because so far I, I'm getting it. I, I'm I'm liking what they're dishing up, but I can also see very quickly 
that um, it could just go in a direction where I I don't I can't follow or I don't want to. I usually like so. those those deeper books that you have to reread a couple times to get into, and it's like I think it's hard for me to pinpoint what it's hard for me to lock down the, the plot of this, this story. Like, what is it that Psylocke is going after? What is it that she's looking for? What is the purpose for this? Like, where is this going? I, tell you the truth. I think she look, she's going after her self, her self identity, her own, or who she is. And the, and I mean, that's kind of the feeling I get from it, the way she has that internal monologue. And then every, she constantly refers back to her time with, with Betsy and, and how, like I said, she feels like Betsy was the hero and that she, they were destined to be together. And she hates that they were together and she resents her for it, but they have so much in common. So it is, I think it is 100% a struggle to find her self-identity again of who she is without Betsy inhabiting her body. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's definitely interesting yep. to see where it goes moving forward. But uh, I'm going to give it a couple more issues before I bail. Although I did, <laughs> although I did bail on an X book, I finally I broke my own rule and bailed on an X book this week. And Which what was that? New Mutants. Oh, yeah. good. Same, same. I'm glad you said that. I was like, let me wait, let me wait. What do you say? What do you say? Why did you bail out first? I bailed on New Mutants because after the first, how atrociously boring the first issue was. I didn't even buy the first, the second issue. I picked it up. I read through it in the comic book store. I was like, this is more of the same. It's more of the same boring plot, not moving, nothing happening BS that the first issue was. And I'm not going to give my, my $3.99 for that. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no movement there. And I don't really particularly care for the cast in it. I don't particularly care where it's moving forward. I don't understand why they're trying to all of a sudden shove the the star jammers down your throat i i just i'm out i'm out yeah i don't blame you and i i may be because i've never i've never really been a fan of them um it's 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 kind of silly you know there's a, a a scene in here where they're in space court and they're they're being defended they're lawyers like this lizard with like big googly eyes and you know sometimes i mean i I get having a palate cleanser but i've never been a fan of of books like this like you know like champions or new avengers and i just haven't so i'm gonna give it a little while longer because um at the end they had sam guthrie and i i like i like that character a lot i like cannonball um, and it kind of gives me some, like, I don't know, the, some of the cast is kind of the old school, like the, the very first X-Force. So I'm going to give it a little bit. I'll give it a couple more issues, but, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, okay. Here's my own opinion. I thought the cover looked boring. Like I got the book and I wish I hadn't. Because, like you said, a lot of dialogue, not a lot of plot moving, really just kind of boring. And you're right, they're kind of forcing things they don't have to, especially on issue two of a book they're just developing. It's kind of surprising that Hickman is still behind that in the respect of it being so dry. Well, but, real quick to interrupt you, on, on, on that note, we got to look at this. Hickman had a powerful run on Powers and House of Ten. He did. X, but I X, feel yeah. like, I feel, whatever. however you look at it, people say Ten, people say X, whatever. But you look hmm. at it moving forward, he's dropped the ball on X Men. The first two epi- 
issues of X-Men were okay at best. So he yeah. went from doing stellar work to okay at best work. And now and he's co-writing New Mutants. And even New Mutants is, isn't very good. So it's kind of like, what what's going on here? What What's happened with this writing with Hickman where he went from just killing it on Powers and House and now when he's got this ongoing series, it's not... Like, like really, if you ask me in my personal opinion, the books that are driving this, the X-Men franchise right now is X-Force, Excalibur, Marauders, Marauders definitely Marauders. The two, I think the two, the two power books in the, the new X-Men relaunch are X-Force and Marauders. Like it's, it's just Hickman's writing and he's not even on either one of those books. It's, it's like he went from putting up solid to big old dog shit. So I shouldn't say dog shit because X-Men has still been good, but it's not like it's not like the level that we were getting from, from House and Powers. But I didn't mean to interrupt you, Corbin. I just I just wanted to touch on that point real quick. No, no, you're fine. I had to plug in my laptop anyway. No, I was saying you're right. I think like you said, the quality's dropped off. I was just surprised when I looked back that it was so you're right. He did such a great job on the original X book that it felt like a totally different writer in a sense. I'd look back and go, wait, who's who's the creative team? As I asked, that's the question of the day. But I look back, I was like, Hickman? It just feels like you're right. Like maybe all the, if like I can only imagine it from like an athlete's point of view, like you're working out, you're playing multiple, let's say basketball, multiple games of basketball at the park or something. And like your first game, full energy, great. Second game, awesome, still going. Third game, fine. As you play longer and longer, you kind of get the second one, but then you slowly start cascading to kind of, eh, you don't have nothing left in that sense. Like you're past your second win. I feel like Kingman's writing, boom, boom, great, strong, strong. And then over time has been, eh, New Mutants has been a big sign of that because the first one's like, eh, okay, you can have a bad book. Second one, eh, it's the second bad book. And I just don't know if he's going to save it on New Mutants, at least. You're talking about Bendisitis again. Huh? You're talking about Bendisitis again. Yeah. You said it, Jack. You said it. Plus, it's it's tough to go um, from a book like... Okay, so these three all came out the same week. X-Force and New Mutants and um, Fallen Angels. So it's hard to go from X-Force to Fallen Angels to this because it's so different it's so goofy and lighthearted, and the other ones so are not so i don't know man i don't know if i'm just i'm giving it a, my point of view skewed because of that like maybe if i would have read this one first i'd have thought differently but uh, I'm, I'm with you guys on it I, i'm i'm right there i'm, I'm about to hit the bail button <laughs> yeah it, it, it's about that time i feel bad that i've thrown away almost close to nine bucks on these books that have really done nothing for me i mean i want my money back and my time well it's like Ooh. when you're sitting there in the comic book shop and you've got six books in your hand seven books in your hand you're like all right this is going to be 30 bucks in comics like we were talking about on absolute geek on friday buying comics is a luxury so you know when you're sitting here like all right this is 30 bucks Mm-hmm. On comics, what what can I sacrifice to to save myself a little bit of money? And oh, you have to. You know, I look at it and I'm like, New Mutants. This this story is not engaging me. It did not entertain me. It was a it was a struggle to read. It felt more like a chore to read than yes having a good time. A so I was like, I'm done. A a I, I'm cutting it off. I was like, I I like to give it three to five issues, but 
I can't. The first issue felt like such a chore to read. I was not excited for the second issue. When I thumbed through the second issue in the comic shop, I was like, look, this is not entertaining. Like, what is this? What are you trying to sell here? And I, I put it down. I have no interest. I have no drive, no motivation, no, no intrigue. And if I don't have any intrigue to read that book, why am I going to pay $3.99, $4.99 for this book? Yeah, and and it stinks because because they're so expensive. Gone are the days when you can just pick up books, you know, because they the cover looks cool or whatever. Now you you have to kind of look at them because I'm like, hey man, I'm investing in this, you know. And like Corbin was saying, not only investing your you know four to six bucks, but your time too. Right. You know, because that's the first thing I, I think of, too. It, it, you know, when I read a bad, like a bad novel, I kind of get ticked off. I'm like, oh, crap. Well, there goes a couple weeks I'll never get back. You know, <laughs> for real. Schlock. <laughs> well, I can't get that time back, man. We can't live forever. Like, to spend some time on the slog of a book that you write, it's that time and money investment and it come full circle. So it's really, it behooves the people to be very prudent when they get a book and to be on trends and to see, okay, this looks bad. I'll give it another week to see. Okay, now it's on the list of maybe I'll pick it up at the comic shop, finger through it, and see what I'm thinking. And if nothing catches my eye, then then no. You don't have to be wet to a title or a book for the sake of, oh, I have to stay on the book. Because if it's not engaging enough, if it's not something that compels you as a reader, then it is a waste of time and a, and a waste of money. And as you already said, man, we already talked about this. We Some people can't afford that luxury. And some people have to take full advantage of that luxury if they can afford it. You know, if I'm eating junk food, I'm eating like the best junk food I can. I want to eat it. And that's my own personal analogy there. But you want to make sure that it's worth your time and investment. And honestly, I think I'm going to have to take new moons off because I'm right there with you, Matt. It's no longer worth it to me. And then same to you, Jay. Like, I think we're all going to be off of it. It's just, it's not a great book. It just isn't. Now, it could change in the future. Um, maybe this, this storyline runs its course and then we get to something where it picks up some steam and it's moving along faster. But right now, it, it, it's not there. And, and that's, it is what it is. The way it's going right now, I don't see Marvel giving it time to get to that point. I see him canceling it. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would wouldn't be surprised shame. if this book gets past 10 issues before it gets canceled, if it keeps which going is, the same way it is. Which okay. is a real shame. Yeah, I say... I yeah eight. I, I'd be surprised at eight. But like I listen to other reviews and I listen to other people just just to get their opinion on it because I'm like, all right, maybe I'm just being too harsh or maybe like I said, I'm not understanding or it's not appealing to me and it's not grabbing me. But the other people I listen to whose opinions I hold in in high regard on this kind of stuff are are the same. The general consensus is the same across the board. Marauders, X Factor. Um, or X Force. I'm gonna fuck this up. X Force. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. X Force. You know. Um, Excalibur. Those are kind of the even. Well, even Excalibur is kind of in the same realm as as New Mutants for some people. But New Mutants is is generally generally the the weakest book across the board as far as the current X books out. So. If I had to pick a second one that that I'm whole, it's Excalibur. Excalibur, I'm also I'm on the fence on too. I like Excalibur. I like the incorporation of Gambit and how they're giving a little bit more clout to Jubilee. It was just last week's issue with the whole Rogue thing and how that gate turned into like Sleeping Beauty in the pile of flowers. Like, <laughs> like where did this come from? But I, I don't know. I'm I I'm liking. So far, 
so far for me, it would probably be um, Marauders, X Factor. Did I get it right that time? Nope. nope X Force. God damn it. Make, <laughs> Eventually, make an X Factor book already. All right. Just make an X Factor book. <laughs> but it's going to be Mara- Marauders, X Force. Um, then probably I would say X Men. Um, Excalibur, Fallen Angels, and then the weakest being New Mutants. See, I, I had the same list, except I'd reverse Fallen Angels and Excalibur. Understandable. I mean, you're wrong, but... Me? It's okay to be wrong. I'm just, oh! It's <laughs> the American way. Wow. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> But all right. What else you got? Who else well, I got else? I got one more. I got one more. That's in depth in depth. Um Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Infinite Crisis. Written by James Tinning the Fourth, penciled by Aaron Lapresti, and inks by Matt Ryan. Might as well just keep going. Romulo Fajardo Jr. on the colors, Rob Lay on the letters, and Lee Weeks and Brad Anderson on the cover. And I think they all deserve mention because this book was very, very, very good. I'm going to tell you right now, it's six out of five, already putting it out there. Six out of five. Six out of five. I smell favoritism on this one. I smell Um, a little bit of favoritism. I'll tell you why it's not. DC fanboy. No, no, no. I'll tell you why it's not. I'm a big fan. I'm a fanboy of the Tales from the Dark Multiverse. Make no mistake. I love it. It's been really good. I haven't had a... There has not been a single bad issue at all. Even though... I'm just going to put a little rumor out there. I'm already thinking and kind of heard already. That I think they're going to... DC's going to try to make an event out of each key character from each of the Tales of the Dark Multiverse event. So they'll have the Batman from the Nightfall. You'll have the um, Lois Lane from the Super... Um, the, the Death of Superman one. You'll have... Um, Blue Beetle from this one. Each story is going to take that key hero who brought about the destruction. They're probably going to form a team, and that's going to tie into a different DC event. That's my thought on this. The dark, Anyways, the dark multiverse Justice League, or something like that. Exactly, exactly. Something the Dark Justice League, or something can't use Justice League Dark, but something right. to that effect is a, a rumor. I believe as multiverse well. To pick up Justice steam. League or whatever. Yeah, uh, Justice League of the Multiverse. Who cares? Anyway, but. I will say um, I, I'm like a big cares. fan of this book. Jay cares. And you know what? I If you do care, <laughs> that's great. I was just wondering who cared. No. Um, but anyways, I was originally not a fan of Infinite Crisis. a great story, but I was confused by it originally. The whole crisis event when I first read it a while ago. Crisis event, you had Superboy Prime, you had um, Alexander Luther and the different timelines and everything. It was kind of confusing. Read it again, it made some more sense. Reading this... James Tinning IV did such a great job of tying in, even straight to some scenes that are straight from the original storyline, but with that twist that you get from the dark multiverse. Okay, so just kind of going along here, um, the the tale started, the crisis was coming back then, only person who was aware of that was Ted Korg the Beetle, who ended up being intercepted and murdered by Maxwell Lord, his old friend, who was kind of behind it. Um, and before he could alert the Justice League to do anything about it, bam. This book centers on what would happen if Ted was able to stop that. What would happen if Ted was able to get away from that? So it goes to that exact same point that the original Infinite Crisis book did where Blue Beetle is being beaten by his friend and Ted, um, Maxwell Lord is saying, hey, Ted, you know, we've been friends a long time. Follow me on this vision. If you do, you'll live. 
Obviously, in the original one, Ted said, no, he died. In this one, Ted said, yes, I will. And Maxwell's like, oh, wow, okay, great. And then Ted breaks free and kills Maxwell Lord. And that's where the tale starts going. Boom. But here's where it's different. Ted intercepts Maxwell Lord's plan, squashes all that. But then Brother I, Brother One has become sentient and is kind of communicating with Ted. Now, the Justice League is very leery of that. Uh, Batman, especially, being that he was kind of behind the creation of Brother Un- Brother I. And he's um, saying, whoa, whoa, calm down, Ted. Ted's like, listen, this is working. I'm using it for good. And he is. There's a good part of the book where Ted is on top of every incident, worldwide or not, and is just solving that with the help of Brother I. But eventually, he's asking, okay, what do I need to do? What is the biggest threat to the world right now? And Brother I is like, well, if you really want to know, it's the Justice League. And Ted's like, no, 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 it can't be. It can't be. But you must be right. And that, without spoiling anything else, is kind of where things take their turn. Quite honestly, it was funny because it goes into the Blue Beetle as a person, and his only hope is to kind of make everything right. But his reliance on the technology and the increasing dependence on that, where Brother I, over time, is like, hey, I can help you with this, but to do that, you need to give me this. And hey, I can help you solve this, but I also need to be in your brain. And hey, I can solve all these problems but I'm going to need to go over your body. And as he's becoming more and more robotic, he has to take down Superman, for instance. Hey, I can help you take down Superman. We have to fuse together to form the strength necessary. So now you are literally a cyborg, Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle's like, listen, whatever it takes, let's do it. Fine. And he just becomes less and less human. And you can see that as it dictates the future um, choices he makes in the book. He does come across Alexander Luther. He does come across Superboy Prime. Um, Spoiler alert, Superboy Prime is just as crazy and as insane as he was to begin with. Um, from Infinite Crisis. Alexander Luther, I'm not going to say too much about him, but there's also not too much to say. Wink, wink, might want to check it out to read. But I really love the writing by James Tinian. Always enjoyed his writing. And there were several scenes in this that I, I think was a particular homage to the original storyline because it would be exact scenes. Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman arguing about something and Ted Kord comes in the picture in this book where originally they were still arguing same panels and everything just about something else so it's like really putting you back in that same story with the same dialogue and just changing a few things up almost like a play and a rehearsal and a rehearsal and you see and you you kind of know it and then you throw a wrench in the last minute and that sort of writing that sort of subtle change throughout really spoke to me as a reader with respect to the original work because you did have Batman Nightfall and Death of Superman which started off with the original storyline and then drastically went in a different direction this is more like a fun house mirror to me where you're looking at the same story almost identically but little minor alterations that really change it all until finally when you finish the story it's nothing like when you started it and so for that six out of five but if we're going to be honest i'd give it a four and a half out of five i think that is the highest i would give it it was a very good book easily the best book i picked up and again tales from the dark multiverse has been knocking out of the park which is making me scared because i know dc is going to do something to screw it up (laughs) they always do them or marvel you know always can't have a good thing can't can't just just can't have it zero faith Okay, a minute ago you called me a DC fanboy, and now you're saying I have zero faith. What is it? You can't have both, Matt. I have faith in DC until I don't. They've been known to screw things up. I've not been a fan of Dio's um, tenure. I mean, I can go on. It's just not been. It's an event book, so you're they're likely to screw it up. 
exactly. And that's what I, I, I hate because it shouldn't be that hard to just give a good book and then keep it moving and been like, okay, we did a great job on this run. Didn't you like this event? We like this event. You like this event? Okay, that's good. And stop. But they can't. Oops. And I'm dropping everything. Oh, what do you got next, Jay? Um, so this book came out a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And we didn't talk about it or anything, and I, you know, you guys might roll your eyes, but um, it's Kelly Thompson's Deadpool number one, with okay. art by Chris Bocciolo. And um, first of all, I, I like Kelly Thompson's writing, and I, I, but I really, really like Chris Bocciolo's art. It's very signature. Um, it's just it's dark and chaotic and bizarre. And you can always tell you're you're looking at a Chris Bocciolo book because it's he's got signature. But this book, in in a lot of ways, um, again, is sort of a return to form. Um, you know, gone are the days with with Deadpool as being a, an Avenger, or they're trying to kind of make him a hero, or kind of like the you know the the, the killer with a heart of gold kind of thing. You know, he's not any of this. It's the story's really goofy and bizarre and violent, but it's humorous. And so he starts out where um, there's like a lot of monsters on Staten Island and somebody pays him to get rid of them. So he kind of like strolls up to some mon and they're just bizarre looking creatures and so he goes and he says, hey, what do I have to do to get rid of these monsters so I can get paid? And so someone's like, well, you go kill the goblin or the monster king. And so he goes and he he kills the monster king after being like torn in half and it's really violent. And so he finally kills the monster king. And um, because of this, he is now crowned the monster king. And he he's really happy because he spent his birthday alone and he was all sad. So now he's, he's King and he, he thinks he's going to have a lot of friends and he's going to like, you know, be on top of the world, but he actually has to do stuff. And so he gets really disappointed at that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's funny. It's amusing. Uh, there's this, you know, there's the, the thing I, I always thought was interesting about Deadpool is how um, at least the, like the old ones, like the Joe Kelly or even like the Fabian Ecieza ones, is they there was always that they, they always jumped the third wall, and and Kelly Thompson break the fourth wall, yeah, and they they always you know they they do that and this happens here with um, Gwenpool comes and brings him her little land shark guy that she got I don't remember if it was in I think it was in New Avengers. I don't know. It was, it was earlier this year, and she got her this little pet, the land shark, and so she gives it to Deadpool, and then she's like, "He's like, what am I going to do with this thing?" And she's like, "Well, you're the monster king, right? He's a little monster. He's yours." She, and she goes, "Besides, I need him to be in a more. I need to take care of him, make sure he lives, and because my books aren't very stable, and they keep getting canceled. <laughs> so if I put him in your book, he's sure to make it." <laughs> you know, yeah. so so now Deadpool has a little land shark. So it was it was funny. It was a quick read, fun read. Enjoyed the artwork. Um, gosh, I will give it a. I'll give it a four out of five. It was cool. It was a fun read. 
it was a good, like, you know, like we keep saying, it's a good palate cleanser for me. That's good. You like a good refreshing book to kind of start you off fresh again. Yeah, you know, because you read stuff like like Fallen Angels, like Constantine, like or like we haven't talked about this yet, but like Philadelphia, and they're so dark and so heavy. Something like this that's actually amusing and is at a good, decent pace um, is fun to read. Um, not like New Mutants where you actually – it's like tasked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you're, you're just slogging through that book. So what would your score be, Jay? Four to five. Four to five. But all right, so you you hit us on a nice segue there, a segu, if you will. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Philadelphia. Philadelphia yeah. number one. It was one of the hot books last week. Most talked about books. Um, my initial thought on Philadelphia: hard pass. I'm done. I'm out. Goodbye. After number one. After number one. This comes from someone who didn't even pick it up, so I feel obligated, obliged to say that. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really catch my eye, to be honest with you. It, it's kind of a, a, a dark story about a cop. Um, have you ever watched um, any of True Crimes? Yeah. So it reminded me a lot of the most recent season of True Crimes with um, Herschel Ali in it, where it's Black. it's kind of a it's a. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. It, it's a story about a a cop who who starts reading like his father's journal, and you know it, it goes through all this thing about a case he had when people had there was like an outbreak of yellow fever, and they were finding all these dead bodies with their their blood drained and a bunch of like bite marks on them and and things like that, and their their blood drained, and they were like, well, was it yellow fever wiped out? And they're, the medical examiner is like it was in our country. It's, they've got a vaccine for it here, but there's still some in third world countries, poorer countries. There's still cases of it. Um, it, it. It comes to find out that it's you're, you're getting it's vampires, like it's a vampire story. So these vampires are, are kidnapping these homeless people or drug addicts and basically sucking all their blood out and leaving their bodies, their empty bodies there. And um, he goes at the end of it after reading his father's journal, he kind of goes to his father's grave and, and digs up his dad and his dad's alive as his dad is now a vampire. And he's like, what took you so long, boy? And that's where the first issue ends. And, and, I, and I'm kind of reading and I'm like, Cringe. I'm like, God damn, another vampire story. Like, another vampire story. You vampire fatigued? And I, I am a little bit. And it, and it like... When I'm first reading it, I'm I'm getting like vibes, like I said, of the Mahershala Ali true crimes. I'm like, all right, this this could be good because it's him like reading his father's journal and it's showing like what's going on as he's reading his father's journal. But then when he digs up the grave and his dad's a vampire now, it's just kind of like, well, I'm done. That's it for me. So, what what did you think of Philadelphia, Jay? Um, first of all, I hated that font that they use when you, when they were, when you were reading the dad's journal, like I, it, I had to, I don't know if it's just my like old man eyes, but I'm like, Hey, eh? <laughs> 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 read this. So that annoyed the crap out of me. You definitely were alone all, there. There was also a lot of it. And <clears throat> so I know 
last week, I'm like, it's vampires, so I'm in. There seems to be a lot of horror books that are way more fun and it was and way more interesting to me than this book. I liked this. I liked it okay. But it it to me like the because where he said um, when Matt said at the at the very last panel he says you know what took you so long boy that phrase it's that's actually pretty significant in the story and so I kind of was like I think I'm good like it, it for some reason it, it it was good closure for me um, because a Hill House comics if you if you're looking for horror stuff. Hill House Comics is knocking it out. Um, James Tinian's uh, Something is Killing the Children, awesome book um, on Boom, in Boom Studios is putting that up. Um, Tim Seeley's Dark Red on Aftershock, another vampire, is also, in my opinion, it was way better than, than this. It's, it's, more, it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more uh, engaging then this, um, the pace on Philadelphia was also really slow, and I don't know, man. I think I think I may be done with it too. I might pick up issue two, but uh, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go from here. I don't know if it's going to go to a place where I want to know. I don't even care. But and that's how I felt. I, after the end of the book, I was like, I don't care. I don't care about this story. I don't care to see where this goes. I don't. I don't care about any of it. I'm done. Yeah, it was interesting to see his dad. I was a vampire. Yeah. I don't know if I, maybe I should have. <laughs> well, I already said spoiler. it. Spoiler. Um, I already spoiled so, it. So you're you're good. So yeah, I don't know. I might pick up issue two. Maybe if it's a slow. If it's in a slow week. If it's not a heavy week, probably not. I don't know. I can't, like, if it was the only horror book out right now, I would say, okay, get it just for the horror aspect. But like you said, yeah. there's better horror books out there right now that are killing it. It's not even the best in this genre. No. So it's like, why even, why are you, unless you have a, a thing for the creative team or you just want that book to succeed so much. And I'm all about supporting your creators if you feel that way. But this one, no. And it doesn't make any sense. You're right. Especially when it's like, uh, it's, it's not the only book out there. <laughs> so I give Philadelphia a two out of five. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it a two and a half because the art was really awesome. It just, it just didn't grab, it didn't grab me. It didn't impale. It, it didn't compel me to keep reading. So I was just like, whatever. And like you said, yeah. the font, the font was really hard to read on the dad's notes. Um, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> You yeah. just you passed it. You're done hard with pass, it. You yeah. you moved on. Sucks. I was looking forward, but I was looking forward to it too. But and all the and all the clout and all the buzz around it, you know, was was like, all right, this is gonna be a good book. And then I pick it up, I read it. I'm just like, yeah, I wish if I could go back, I probably would have got something else. Goes to show you don't believe the hype, right? You gotta see it for yourself. Just because the majority believe a book is this and that. No, and then five, ten years later, it could change critics. Oh, we always knew this book was bad. And it's like, well, you should tell me before I spend the money on it. So I'm glad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That sucks. That's true. Yeah. 
All right. Well, I mean, that kind of closes out a solid entry of books for me. I don't know yeah, that's where we're at with me. everyone else's. Nice, short, sweet entry. I know. I, you still have some, don't you, Jay? Well, I wanted to touch on one more thing real quick. Let's and, get it. Um, that's He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. I know um, Matt had asked Wait, me about it. Can I try it? Did you did you do it? Did you read it? Oh no no! I was gonna say Kajar. He man and the masters of the multiverse, but it was oh. lame. Forget it. Sorry, <laughs> shouldn't even asked. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know where you're going with it. I'm like, are you gonna try? My bad. I didn't have the synergy there. <laughs> so, um, it. I stopped reading it like halfway through last week because I thought it was a little bit. It wasn't what I was expecting. I I wanted a more a heavier book, you know, something that took it a little bit more seriously. And so I I ended up reading the whole thing. And yeah, it doesn't. It's it's on the lighthearted side. Oh. And so the whole thing is is basically, um, He Man. There, there's a He-Man in the, in the infinite universes, and there's a He-Man out there that's collecting power swords, and he's gathering power. And the one, um, like the the one universe that has the power to stop it is where Skeletor is the good guy, and so there, you know, he kind of there's a couple of goofy looking he-mans that come to him and say hey we've got this this artifact this could you know this can make us go through the multiverses you, you know you're the only one that's power, powerful enough to stop him you know we need to join forces otherwise he's gonna he's gonna have all all the power mm-hmm. and so that was basically the whole gist of it it was oh, wow. cheesy and i'm not picking it up i'm giving it one and a half out of five. The artifact. The artifact. So yeah. So yeah, I just want that. I just want. Now you're reading. Um, you're reading bucket full of heads, right? Yeah. Basket full of heads. Basket full of heads. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, awesome. Fantastic. Um, number two did not disappoint. Um, gosh, let's see here. So it ended up the, the last the last issue closed out where um, they're on a small island and there's anyway, so the characters were in this house at like some get together and there's a huge storm knocks out the power and there's these uh, you know burglars that come into the house and the house the guy that owns the house is collects all these old antique weapons and, and these strange objects. So it turns out that the burglars are after one of the artifacts that's in the house and they, they get what they wanted and they kill everybody except for this, the, the one main uh, girlfriend to the main sheriff guy. And so they discover her hiding and they come out the, one of the guys that for some reason he looks like Iggy Pop to me for and he comes after her and he just oh what, what lost Jay 
Whoa. I see him, and then, um, yeah. I like that that awesome, like, salute he just froze on. We just... Yeah, <laughs> he's just saluting. <laughs> it's almost like someone took him out. Oh, my gosh. The creator of the book, he gave a one-and-a-half star. <laughs> yep. They were listening to <laughs> the review, and they decided that Jay had to go. They were on my headset. We are done here. <laughs> Jay's got to go. He gave <sighs> He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse a one star. He's got to go. <laughs> Goodbye, Jay. We're going to give it a little bit of time while we, we see if uh, Jay comes back. But what, what did you think overall of all the books you read this week, Corbin? Uh, you know what? If I had to grade all of them on a curve, no, nah, I'm just getting on a curve. I'd give it a B. Yeah, I was very selective. I mean, I wish I had done quantity, quality over quantity when I picked them up, but I ended up doing quality over quantity when I read them. So I picked up eight, I read four. And I, I for the most part, I enjoyed it. I, I can't complain about any of them. It was it was solid to fair um, for what they were, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm kind of glad. I just have to be a lot more, as we, as I said, the more I think of from learning, talking today is just being selective with the books that you're picking. If you see a trend is going the wrong way, unless you're you're pretty confident that it's setting the stage for something bigger or better, or you can see um, something right around the corner, don't buy all into it all the time. Oftentimes, take it off, see how it is, and then go back. It's nothing wrong with that. Um, because if that was the case, I wouldn't have New Mutants. I wouldn't have Punisher 299, which I didn't comment on but didn't like. There'd be a few of the books that I wouldn't have had picked up and not wanted to read if that makes any sense guys and we want to make sure we put this out there too that we're reviewing books that we pull off of our weekly read list every now and then i'll grab a book that i'm like hey that looks interesting pull it off the rack and, and check it out and review it but we're very much reviewing the books that we we pick up every week so if there's a book that you guys think that we should look into or you want to hear our opinion of and a review of hit us up let us know in the comment section below Send us, a, send us a message. Let us know what you're into. Let us know what you thought of a book. If you disagreed with any of our reviews um, or opinions on the books, let us know in the comments. Good, bad, or indifferent. We, we want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you thought. Because, um, I mean, we'll, we'll take your opinion into consideration, too, because that's what it's all about. It's about the conversation um, and about what, you know, what the books made you feel and what you get out of reading them every week. So... Still, still waiting to to hear to see if we're gonna get Jay back here or not. Um, Beautifully put, though, Matt. I mean, they do drive the conversation, and that's what we're here for. Exactly. We're we're all about the conversation in the long run. So, yeah. While we're waiting on a uh, Jay, what would you grade your books? Um, you know, I think I was pleasantly surprised by X Force Folklords. Um fallen angels and even venom i mean i know i know venom was a little bit weaker this week because it was kind of like just the transition to the next story but um i i i think i think i would give them like you said a solid 3.5 out of 5 really the only book like i picked up batman beyond i or batwoman beyond or batman beyond i didn't read it i only picked it up because i really enjoyed the cover um okay you know Philadelphia kind of was a letdown after all the hype um, around surrounding this book, like there was a lot of speculators that were specking high on this book, and and even all the hype around surrounding this book, it, it wasn't really worth my time. And then, you know, folklore's being a second print, it was a good read. So I would say, all in all, out of the one, six okay. books I got, 
you know, four of the six were were home runs, and so I don't think that's bad. Welcome back, Jay. He's back. Hello. Sorry. No, you're, <laughs> you're all good, man. So we were just kind of filling filling time to uh, to get till you got back to finish your review of, of He Man and or no, sorry, of uh, Bucket of Heads or Basket of Heads. Basket full Basket of heads. Basket full of heads. Yeah. Try. Give yourself a clap. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, so it was. Yeah, it was pretty much you know just recapping, and so yeah, she she took the this ancient weapon and, and lopped the dude's head off. Uh, more or less accidentally um and he still his head still spoke his like um it's his head that was independent from his body it still spoke and was still aware um so um it, it sound i mean it was it was fun in a in an evil dead 2 kind of way you know it was just so outrageous and gory and it was it was funny and it, it was just cool it was it didn't it doesn't that's a cool the interesting thing about these books is that they don't take themselves too seriously which lends to their charm in my opinion so yeah basket full of heads and then you said you had um, four I, I, yeah what were you gonna give it I, i'd give it another 4.5 and then what are your thoughts Solid. on uh, avengers 27 um gosh what happened in let me see what happened in avengers 27 <laughs> um i'm getting there i like how matt's oh with the, star, with, the star with the star brand right did you guys read it i did not read it no um well so gladiator makes an appearance on, in this book as well. Um, and it's, I don't know, man, it, it's been kind of cheesy. Um, the last story arc with um, Robbie Reyes and Johnny blaze, they were like racing to see who would be the, the King of hell. And Johnny blaze was basically kind of like trying to make himself win. So that, Robbie Reyes wouldn't have that burden on his shoulders, but it was a weak storyline. And I was hoping that this, this one would, would kind of pick up, but it kind of doesn't. So they go, um, the Avengers go into space and it's the, first of all, it jumps around like the, the, the timeline kind of jumps around so they, they go into space in search of, you know, the star brand. And it, it turns out like Thor gets infected by the brood and it's kind of all over the place. Um, I, I wasn't really into it. Art was pretty cool. Um, but story-wise, nah, I, I'm, not in, I'm not into it. The thing that did though, I'll, I'll give it this. The very end was um, Black Widow and, and Reyes were like racing in, their, in the charger with Blade um, like dying in the back. And they're wondering, well, you know, what's killing Blade? What energy can be, you know, he's supposed to be the Daywalker, but turns out um, it's, it's the, the light from Silver Surfer. And he's like chasing him. And the very last um, 
it's like a, a splash page on the, the very last one is him like just uh silver server like just kind of on top of him you know about to strike about to do something but he's he's chasing him and that's the only thing that gives this issue in my opinion any kind of hope silver surfer is always good so we'll see always good all right well i think that's uh about our review so it's come to that point in our show where we talk about and let you know about the books that we're looking forward to that are coming out this week tomorrow at your local comic book shop so uh who wants to kick us off on what you're looking forward to picking up tomorrow uh, I guess I could start. I've got a couple that I'm really kind of keying in on. Um, might move off of Spider-Man altogether. Just, I've been putting too much faith in uh, the artwork, and while that's been fine, it's just not enough to carry the story anymore. Um, aside from that, also, I mean, just quick shot, I love Pat, Pat Gleason's art. I do. It makes a great Spider-Man book as far as just drawing and make him look amazing. But the story sucked for a while. The 299 tie-in is trash. So I'll still grab it, having said all of that. <laughs> just because I'm still <laughs> after after how bad last week's Spider-Man book was, I'm very on the fence about, about it. I know, I know. But the, I mean the artwork is at least good for now. If it's if I get it and it and the artwork is again the only saving grace of the book, then that's it. I'm out. But as of right now, I am getting that. I'm also looking for the Mar- Marauders number three and X-Men number three. That's kind of where I'm at for right now. What about you, Jay? Um, there's quite a few I'm gonna pick up. Uh, it. I'm gonna try um, Butcher of Paris, number one. Dark Horse is putting out. It's supposed to be about a serial killer. Um, right before uh, World War II breaks out. Um. And it's supposed to be like a real life story of a serial killer that had like a couple hundred victims uh, in Paris. Um, so I'll see. I'll check that out. Um, Batman number 84. I'm going to get um, Justice League number 37. Lois Lane number six. Greg Rucka's uh, miniseries. I, I think it's so good. Um, Marvel. Yeah, it's great, man. I, I'm really liking it. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 35. Yeah, it stinks, but I'm going to – I guess I'll power through it. I don't know. Um, one that I'm really, really looking forward to is uh, Dead Daredevil number 14. Um, Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto have been doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, I, gosh, I don't even know when I've – any anytime recently it's been a, a stronger run on daredevil these guys are doing great um excalibur number three i'll stick in there um marauders number three x-men number three and black widow or web of black widow number four or five i'm gonna get um i've liked that miniseries a lot so far not bad. Um, I got some notables next. Or picking up tomorrow again. Like I'm gonna pick up Excalibur three, Marauders three, X Men three. Um, I might pick up Amazing Spider Man. I don't know. Just after how bad last issue was. Uh, yeah. No more chance. Um, Thor, uh, Thor the Worthy number one comes out. Venom twenty ninety nine. Batman eighty four. Ghosted in L A six. Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one, 
gonna check that out from image you got 20 xx number one die number 10 and of course spawn 303 oh as well as many other books to look forward to hitting shelves tomorrow so so yeah cool and all of them right there between the three of us yeah so well we got the whole market i think so I can't wait for our uh, tales from the comic market verse. Okay, it sucked. Nice, <laughs> nice reach there, Corbin. I tried. I was going. I was going. Uh, it's time for you to go to bed. But guys, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, if this is your first time finding us, I know we are a new show, uh, and you liked hearing our reviews and our opinions on the comics, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, make sure to check out all of our individual podcasts. You can catch us on Absolute Geek every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. right here on YouTube. You can hear our uh, audio-only versions and anywhere you you consume podcasts. Definitely check out Audio Ammunition. When's your guys' next show, Jay? We do a monthly podcast, and it's coming out this week. We try to put it out the first week of every month. So yeah. available on major podcast platforms. Sounds good. Excited. Guys, like I said a little while ago, while Jay, we were waiting for Jay, if, this, if you would like to leave your review on any of the books we talked about tonight or think that there's a book that we're not talking about that we need to cover, make sure to leave that in the comments below on anywhere that you will consume this content and we'll make sure to definitely check that and get back to you um again if you want to review the same book we reviewed let us know your opinions on what we reviewed or you have any sort of uh you know input or suggestions on what you'd like to hear us to review in the future leave that also in the comments section but for this episode of tales from the spinner rack i am matt i'm corbin and I am Jay. And we'll say and support your local comic shop. Remember to keep them bag and boarded. Also, guys, if you wanna if you're not ready to be done for the night and you want more uh geek and pop culture content, make sure to head on over to Couch Crunchers uh right now and get ready. They're about to do a live show tonight. Um so you can check out their content as well. But uh we will see you guys next week. <laughs>